Hello. And hello. And hello, Doug. You guys are in for a historic podcast. Because guess what? Karen and I are here in the same place recording at the same time for the first time. I'm sitting here and I am looking at Doug and he's wearing a lovely, is that a blue? What would you, that's a blue-ish. What, what color would you got? A periwinkle, perhaps? I think it's green. So I, I don't know. Peri, my periwinkle? Maybe aqua? Peri- an aqua-ish? Maybe, Maybe. aqua? I have like a bluer aqua? version of this. This is green. It happens to be a favorite of mine. Nice, summery linen shirt. It's a lovely shirt. It looks. The color is lovely on you. Well, thank you. <laughs> and might I add that your blue shirt that you are wearing right in front of me goes very well with your blue eyes. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm actually in an in a accident we didn't realize before I left the house. I'm in a blout fit. I don't know what that means. A blue, a blue outfit. Blue outfit. I'm in a blue outfit. I mean, it's it's just a blue top and blue jeans. It's it's fine. I, it makes sense. In in my house, we try not to color cord matchy matchy that much. So like, if we go out, like sometimes we'll like throw on sweats and like run out to the store as one does. And my kid will look at us and be like, "You're wearing a grout outfit. Go change." Because it's a green outfit, or is it a grown-up? It's a gray outfit. A gray So outfit. it's like you got the gray sweatpants with the gray, the gray hoodie. Yeah, the gray whatever. hoodie. She's like, uh-uh, go change. I won't go out with you in that. But, but are you, like, is it like you're both wearing it, or just one at a time? Like, oh, like, like you're like both matching be, in, in uh, No, it would be like one of the one of the time in the grab outfit. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I'm in a black outfit today. But I figure that's okay when you're wearing jeans. Well, I am seeing the black outfit up close and personal. Here we are on top of the world in a high hotel room atop Rockefeller Center. Yes, we're fancy. fancy. <laughs> you buy me a beer later. Yeah, jinx, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, we're at season three, episode 23. 23. Almost on the floor we're on. We're on the 26th floor. Oh, yeah. So if you guys want to time travel back to the past and find uh, Karen in her hotel room, yes. That's the hotel room we're (laughs) on. It's Love and Death 101 is the title of this, once again. Yeah. And there's actually some big stuff happening, which which we could talk about now or later as we go through story by story. Basically... We have some reunited super couples, if only momentarily. Oh, the heartbreak. The good and the bad. Oh, the heartbreak, the heartbreak, the heartbreak. Yes. So what do you think? Where should we begin? Um, let's do, let's do Amanda, Michael, Kimberly, but like also just fold in Allison, Billy stuff with it. Okay, cool. Wait, I have to pause because now that we're... Up close doing this podcast together, guys, for the first time. Guess what I am seeing for the first time? The notes. They are real, and they're kind of fabulous. (laughs) On graph notebook paper. I don't fuck around, people. This is Melrose Place. That's right. We're scientific about it. (laughs) That's right. All right. So... We're starting with Amanda and Michael. Well, let's start at D&D. So th- okay. I think the episode begins, begins the morning there. after Allison has passive-aggressively won that big advertising award yeah, and the she night before. comes in with, carrying it like a baby. Like, she didn't go home the night before. She comes in carrying it because she's going to put it on her desk. And everyone at D&D sees her and applauds like it's the end of Working Girl or something. But... 
I always thought a lot of these unspecified others were somehow at higher levels than her. Because she started as a receptionist. Right. But they're basically applauding her like she's a BFD in, I, in this company, which sounds like the top brass also thinks she is. Because... When she gets in, she is immediately whisked into Amanda's office for a meeting, not with Amanda. No. But with the full board of directors. Full board of directors. Amanda's not there yet. Brooke, the intern, the 40-year-old intern, is there with Billy, but Amanda's not there. This, this is the only time we see Brooke in the episode, right? I believe it I is. I think we see her once more in the office, maybe even that same day, I think, when Amanda gets there. Okay. But I right. think consequential. Oh, but, right. But Brooke right. is there as the intern now. Like, it's, it's sort of established that Allison got her the end, but that's kind of it. But she's not... I mean, like, for introducing this new character, they're sort of not introducing her at all. No, she's kind of hanging, being taken for granted. She's she's mad. Like, when you... She's mad. Yeah, who I didn't think we were going to see, and we eventually do, but just for a minute. Um, Yeah, but, yeah, I think what you should do if you're bringing in a new character, especially one who's going to play a pivotal role, um, you do a lot with them in the very beginning to establish that they are important and that they carry weight and that sort of thing, and... They haven't really done that, but I don't know exactly when it happens, but I don't think we wait very long next episodes-wise to figure out, yeah, she she's going to F some S up. I don't this know why I'm saying This is an adult show. This is an adult show. Yeah, fuck some shit up. I'm explicit. I do when I, when I upload there. it. I think it's more fun to do the abreaves myself. I know, but, but I dropped the F-bomb. Yeah, you mean the fuck-bomb? The fuck-bomb, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yes. Yeah, so the the board whisks Allison into the, the yeah. meeting room, and, and apparently, like I've wondered before, where is HR? There just is no there HR. There is no HR. No. They offer Allison the job of president of D&D advertising. Which is not only Amanda's job, but a job that Amanda still thinks she has. And not only that, can we just talk about how Allison's a really bad employee? Uh, I think we have, and yes. And she is like, wins this stupid award. And then the, you know, Glorious the, gowns. the fix was in. Let's face it. I think. I think. Yeah, for that know, coveted internship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the worst quid pro quo I can think of. <laughs> but there you go. And so the board now just says to Allison, "You're taking over." And Allison's kind of like blinking, like a deer. In, you know. Yeah, she's got her wide-eyed look. And and at first she's very resistant. She feels like bad and odd and guilty. And then a second goes by and she's like, okay. Yep. And she's just like, okay. She is assuming the title of Presidente, El Presidente. Um, so, so she's the boss. So she's the boss. So when Amanda comes in for the day, because I guess she was out of another appointment. Amanda comes in later than everyone. It's not really clear what. And she thinks... That's, so I think that's when she walks by Billy and Brooke. Brooke. Billy is on the phone with Brooke at his desk, and Billy is making his quote-unquote work calls standing up. I don't know why. Um, and, and Amanda sees Allison's desk is empty, um, and she's like, where's Allison? I thought I told everyone you can't take any lunches this week. And I was like, you can't <laughs> tell them that. Um, but there's no HR. She can do what she wants. But I guess you can. <laughs> and then Billy's like, uh, Allison's in your office. So, so, so Amanda goes in and sees her. Yeah, Amanda goes in and she sees Allison 
behind the desk. And, she, of course, she's still not been told she doesn't have a job. Oh, Brooke wasn't with Billy. She was in the office oh, packing right, Amanda's right. shit. Not even, <laughs> and not even acknowledged. Yes, Billy's standing up on the phone. And so Amanda comes in, sees Allison, and is like, you know, if you're going to do your work, I'd appreciate if you did it at your own desk. And Allison's like, uh... Well, sorry, but this is my desk, and you've been fired, and they hired me to replace you. Sorry. And then she sees Brooke in, like, a corner, literally packing up Amanda's stuff. And we haven't even seen her in that corner until Amanda looks over and is like, and you. Yeah, and she she had something sort of smart and witty to say, but I didn't write it down. It was, like, really bitchy. Lost. But it's fine. We we lost it. It's on Hulu. If you guys are really excited, it was, like, a good And I don't remember it either, so it couldn't have been one one of her best. No, no, it couldn't have been that good. So, um, so clearly Amanda's going through some shit now, right? So she, she, I guess, takes Allison's word that she was fired. And heads back yeah. to Melrose Place and hits hits her apartment and calls Michael and says that she doesn't feel good. They they gave her the boot. She's like kind of lying on her couch, like like with her forehead. Yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah. oh, work has me made me this. weak. <laughs> you can see me. Doing oh, you now. can't you can't see this <laughs> at, at home or at phone or wherever you are. Um, but uh, but Karen is basically doing a dying Camille act uh, in her in her reclining desk chair and. Um, and yeah, so, again, I don't know what happened end of last episode between Amanda and Michael when he pledged his truest love of all more than Kimberly, more than Jane. But Michael's still making plans to get Kimberly out of the way and somehow accommodate Amanda, who is, like, the most random and, and like, stupid and yet also healthy-looking cancer patient I've ever seen. Um, and Amanda is just getting dumber by the episode. I mean, she's like lying on the couch and saying, I feel so sick, I can't take this anymore, but she was just at D&D, yeah. like on this rampage, yeah. like a total, like... I had planned to spend a full day and week at work, and it's like, are, like, your chemo f- sessions must be planned, you, you don't just like say I feel bad and go in and get some chemotherapy that day or the next day, and um, and she's also like, all they do is say, like, exhaustion is the only real symptom she has. And it's like, well, you look pretty good for exhausted. Like, your hair is still kind of strawy and gross, but right. otherwise you look fine. Right. And I'm not making, like, too many circles under her eyes. So, so it, none of it is very convincing right now. But it also is not like the Amanda I think we have come to know. Right. Oh, and we missed the part where Michael was in... We just skipped the, over the, the, with the, with well, the... It yeah, was like a... To, okay, we're going to jump to that. So okay, Michael has been making plans to not just get Kimberly out of his life in L.A., but out of L.A. <laughs> so this... Okay, so this was the thing that I didn't... Yeah. Oh, but we also, right before this, Michael was in a meeting with, like, a lawyer or an insurance guy or something insurance like that, guy. trying to sue the, 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 the city of Los Angeles for the car accident that he was driving, that... The drunk driving the drunk accident driving that accident he caused. That he yes. caused, yeah. Um, for the roads, something about the roads. And so, basically, he needs to settle. And he keeps... The, the, I guess they want to... Or they want to settle, that the town wants to settle, but they, he needs to 
present Kimberly. It needs to prove, like, the pain and suffering of Kimberly, or, like, the effect that the accident had on Kimberly. So they want her presented, and he's making up, she's agoraphobic, she can't leave the house, she's in such bad shape. And so, so Michael's got something on the side going on here, but we're not quite sure what his endgame is with that. Right. Um, and also, out of money. nowhere. And it, it is out of a nowhere. A year and a half after the accident and out of nowhere. Yeah. It, like, could have at least made more sense when he was with Kimberly. Right. But, I mean, and this was even after the accident, the car accident where she hit him. That's true. Could have been that accident. But it's not. It's the drunk driving accident. That's true. But it would be amazing if we could just blame the city of L.A. for everything. Yeah. Then the show would be over. <laughs> would it? No. Maybe. Because... Everyone could still do shit. They just wouldn't get in trouble for it. They kind of like the way it is now. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, so anyway, so back at the hospital, Michael has a big surprise for Kimberly. Yeah. Surprise! We're gonna work at the Mayo Clinic. What? So Michael, for some reason, has decided that they need to go to the Mayo Clinic for their jobs because their residencies, I guess, are wrapping up in a couple of months. I guess. And so he wants to get out of this shitbag hospital and go to a real hospital. And he got them, he sent their resumes and they both have interviews with the Mayo Clinic. Right. That right. was fast. Yeah. I feel like matching at a top facility like that takes more than that. I don't know. I've not done it. Um, but also, that's when he said something about breaking their lease. And I was like, you mean they're renting that beach house? Apparently, yeah, they're renting. Huh. Yeah, they're renters. Yeah, they're Kimberly was renting all along. Yeah, not not too shabby. She could have gotten out of that lease several times. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I've, yeah, it's I been up for a new so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're renters. So, he needs her to go. He, he claims he can't go because of something, I guess, operationally related or... I thought he said something about a patient. Yeah, because like then, then Kimberly is like, "Just tell me that patient is not Amanda." And he guarantees that it's not Amanda. He says Amanda's out of his life. Everyone, regardless of the actual afflictions they have, insanity, cancer, is taking medication and it's stupid pills. That is what they're taking because, like, Kimberly doesn't know what wouldn't know what Michael's really doing. Like, like Michael can never be one step beyond her. Right. Yes. He's too transparent for that. Right. Yeah, right now he, he seems to be. Yeah. Yeah, he is at the moment. Yeah. So he convinces her that she is going to get on a plane to Rochester. Is that where Mayo is? Um, Rochester, Minnesota. Oh, because I was Not so New confused. Because he was yeah. like, get on a plane to Rochester. And I'm like, Mayo's in New York? I thought it was like Minnesota. And, yeah. and she says something or about Cleveland. like Midwestern or something. Like uh, that. Right. But it's like she is from Cleveland and that is also Midwestern. So it's not like... I mean, they're not near each other, but it's not like a new mentality. A new men- yeah, well, whatever. So anyway, she's she's excited. Yeah, she's excited to get and on that plane and leave him behind. Questioning things too much. Nope. So, nope. Nope. So why should we? No. Okay. So that's when um, we see Kimberly head off to. They're at the beach house. Now. On, on that draw, on that little. Street that the house is on. Tiny side tiny street. street. Yeah. The, tiny, the tiny side street. Kimberly gets in a cab and is whisked away while she's like waving at Michael. Down the street on the opposite direction comes Amanda in her little yeah, Mercedes in her, in her, or whatever. Wo- her red Woodward mobile, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Didn't. Nope. Didn't notice each other. No. Nope. Not a thing. Nope. 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 So 
Amanda really seems to be taking Michael at his word that he is now available. And I love it when she shows up and she's like, well, what about Kimberly? And I'm like, you just passed her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just far. passed her on the way out. And he, you know, once again, it's over, it's over, it's over. But did you notice um, Michael slept on the couch? I did notice that. It was weird. This is this wooing thing is this all is, bizarre. Is, so right now, based on what we have been presented, I have to presume they have not yet slept together. Interesting. I guess not. They've just been doing. They've been a lot of flirting and the hot tub, but I don't think they've actually had the relations. That's well, what I think. Good for you, Amanda. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean. I mean, you know, she's got cancer. She I don't want to kick her when she's down. She's yeah. got cancer and is unemployed. Don't really know what insurance she has even right now. Well, Billy Billy hooked her up. Oh, that is to come. Billy hooked her up. Okay, so Michael slept on the couch, um, and I guess she has to go in for another round of chemo, which she does not want to do. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, while I guess he, she's resting, the insurance dude comes to the door, just shows up unannounced. And says, show me your wife. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, he said something about, like, there's this insurance claim. We need to see Kimberly Shaw. Like, now. Yeah. And so, Michael, like, brings him into the bedroom and passes Amanda off as his Yeah, and wife. Amanda, like, it looks terrible now. She's, like, in a bed, clammy. Then they put a towel over her head. Um, and and he, the insurance guy takes one look at her. And it's like, ooh, okay. This is bad. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> that poor woman. And so so Amanda, so he leaves, and then Amanda comes out, and she basically calls him a sleaze, and she, like, freaks out. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I don't even know what you just put me up to, but you're terrible. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, like, she didn't know what it was, but she knew it was something underhanded and creepy, and Michael's an ass. Yeah, which is like, yeah, you, you had that at the word Michael. Yeah, yeah. So, we can go back to, uh, to D&D with yeah, Allison. Yeah, so Allison is apparently getting to work now at 5 a.m. because she's got so much to do in this new role, uh, and she's not handling it well, and Billy comes in to try and give her a little pep talk, um, and, and she offloads some of the work. Like, I don't know what these account summaries really include, but, but she doesn't have the time to do it, so she asked Billy to do it. Billy got her a day planner. Yes. He's like, I think you don't look organized enough. So here's so here a trap, Here's your trapper keeper yeah, for grown-ups. That's, exactly, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Without yeah. the Velcro. Yeah. <laughs> which is the best part. Here's your trapper keeper for grown-ups. And, you know, I have to say, I don't know if it's like the chair or something, but she was as bitchy as Amanda. It is the chair or the office or something, but it, she has now gotten corrupt in that, like, Bitchy president way. Yeah, like she's... Condescending. Yeah. Yeah. You could never possibly understand how busy I am, how much I have on my plate, how important I am. Which is actually a real disease, because multiple bosses of mine have pulled just that shitty line. And if any of my former bosses are listening to me, I'm probably talking about you included. Yeah, the kind of people that are, <laughs> that are like, like, oh, I have so much to do. Oh, you have no idea how much I have going on. Oh, it's so hard to keep up. So many emails, so many meetings. Oh, it's just too much. Oh, you have no idea the battles I'm fighting behind closed doors. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of that from my bosses. <laughs> so, it is contagious. It comes with the chair. Hey, something on the chair. I gotta stand up now. 
because you're afraid it's contagious to you? On the chair? Well, okay, but you're not in a VP or a president's chair. We don't know. I'm in a penthouse. Oh, it's true. We... Top of the world. Top of the world. Oh, we could do the rest of this standing up. I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to either. My feet hurt. Uh, so that's the first of the interactions that Allison and Billy have in that office. Then he comes back again later that night or the next night to check in on her, right? It was later that night because he later finished the account summaries like a very good boy. And he wants his just reward, right? He wants his validation. He wants his validation. <laughs> yeah, he wants the pat on the head. <laughs> good job. Oh, good job, Billy. Good you job, did Billy. a job you're paid to do. <laughs> you're such a good boy. Also, I have worked with those colleagues too. <laughs> and if any of you are listening, yes, I'm talking about you too. <laughs> and that's when Allison... Sort of, like, goes over to the door and closes it, and she thanks Billy in a very personal way. And so they start going at it, and he goes, on Amanda's desk, and she goes, and this might be my favorite line of the night, she goes, it's my desk now. It was a good line. It's a good line. I wrote it down. It's a good line. And so, example one of one of our, our big super couples going at it again. We're, we've got the hookup. Now, will this be a one night only on the desk moment, or will this continue? Because they've had those moments. They, they, they had, even recently, they had yeah. the Chinese in the apartment thing. Ooh, I might want Chinese later. I'm just saying. Oh, I could go with some Chinese. Okay, we're going to try and find some good Midtown Chinese. That's neither here nor there for you guys. But anyway. Okay, Chinese sounds good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dinner plans. Karen had ramen earlier. I know. I was so naughty. Yeah, but it, it was, was so good, good ramen. It was really good ramen. Okay, so so Billy comes in again, right, to be like, I just want to talk about what happened the other night. Yeah. Um. Well, you know what? I don't even. I just wrote Allison's being bitchy with Billy again. She's like Amanda. Well, that because, was the scene. <laughs> because what happened is, so they get together, right? And then he comes in again, and he's like, I "Just want to talk about what happened last night and what this means." And that's when Allison sort of flips, and she's like, "Don't think it meant anything. It was just blowing off steam, nice or between us, or something." Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he's like, "You know, you're pushing me away when you need people the most." And it's like, um, well. Okay, that was quick. And doesn't she, like, give him more accounts and is like, you're going to have to stay late again tonight? Yeah, she, yeah. she's truly, like, wearing the Amanda yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she Definitely. keeps saying, like, don't make any plans tonight because you're going to be working late. Like, yeah, that sort yeah. of And bullshit. she can say that because there's no HR. I, there is no HR. So, like, you know what? She can call lunch and say lunch is never going to happen again at d yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Don't even think about bringing your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm-mm. No lunches, no nothing. Nothing. But it's after that, I think... Or is it in between that Billy visits Amanda? Oh, um, I think with... We're checking the graph paper now. We're checking the graph paper. It's, um, it's right after okay. Billy goes to see Amanda at the beach house. But she knows that she's there, the I The big guess. secret of, like, her, like, having to go somewhere private and get away. Everyone knows but Everyone Kimberly, knows apparently. Everyone knows but Kimberly, for now. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so Billy goes, and Amanda is always talking to Billy in a different tone about the same thing than she talks to Allison. I mean, she doesn't really have a chance to talk to anyone else about D&D stuff, but right. Billy comes over and she's like, it's not personal, it's just work. It's like, well, out of nowhere, your boss has, like, fired you and didn't even tell you and you're out of a job. So, I would take it a little personally, I but... it's personal. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's personal. Yeah, absolutely. But she's got this, like, evolved... 
attitude when she talks to Billy. And Billy is saying to her, you know, the way that you were terminated, you're, this termination really bothers me. Like, Billy's like, I don't like how, what they did to you, you know. Yeah. Um, and once again, like, Billy's the boss of the family. Maybe Billy should be HR because just like with Allison, he made sure she didn't yeah, get fired so that she Billy could keep her Billy is really insurance. good when it comes to, like, employee benefits. Yeah. Like, he, like, Like, did, I wouldn't promote him to president, but he HR. HR. And they need one. And clearly there is a vacancy. Because he, like, shows up with forms. It's like, I wanted to, I made sure you're able to keep your health insurance because you need it. And there wasn't even really an internet then, so I don't know how he can find all this, but... He's good, good at this! Yeah, we have found his skill. We, he's really good at HR shit. Because, like, he did the same thing with, with Allison when, Yeah, you know, he knew exactly the right, yeah. Maybe he went to Matt. And Matt is the one who's feeding him the Matt's, process. Matt's, like, coaching him? Yeah, I think okay. so. Matt's well, if you want to coach, Matt is the one just to Yeah, I mean, Matt's a good mentor. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be like, Matt, sign me up. Coach Matt. Coach yeah, Matt. and Mary would be like, quid pro quo, I tell you things, leave Melrose Place. There. That, now yeah. we <laughs> Move away. Move. Find Rhonda. Yeah. Move Free advice. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, um, so, but, you know, basically, I, I, I wrote that this was Amanda's come-to-Jesus moment. I have no idea why I wrote that. I don't really think she does. Okay, it just seemed like she But she was very up. level-headed about everything, which, yeah. like that Christmas episode when they did the Christmas Carol thing, and she went to visit Allison in rehab, and she was like, we're all good, everything's yeah. great, I wish you the best. And then, and the, then the next, next week, day, she was yeah. like, I hate you, I'm going to yeah. make your life a living hell. Yeah. This won't last. Yeah, okay, great. Cancer schmancer, it won't last. Perfect. By the way, Cancer Schmancer is actually the title of Fran Drescher's memoir. Yes, it is. And I don't mean to have quoted that. I was just saying the phrase. So, Fran Drescher, if you're listening, um, I don't want to have to pay you any royalties. You can't, you can't copyright a title. Oh. Oh, that's right. A lot of people get uh, around that, as we discussed, like, four podcasts back. You can trademark. Well, and you can't trademark a title either, but you can trademark certain aspects of things to make it anyway, but yes. Gotcha. But you can probably gotcha. say cancer schmancer. Well, I said it. And so it's there. Three times now with me saying it. Yeah, oh, it's like Beetlejuice. I hope it doesn't show up. So, did we... Oh, so we just have one big final scene for uh, Amanda, Michael, and Kimberly, don't we? Well, oh, you know what we glossed over? Because I guess I didn't put it in my notes. Is it when Matt shows up? No, this is... we we That's the next scene, but... I think after, like, Amanda, like, freaks out about the insurance guy, because why wouldn't she, um, with that whole moment, that's when Michael drops the L-bomb on her. Oh, yeah, but I feel like uh, it's just I know, How many times can he say, he's already been like, more than Sydney, more, I mean, more than Jane, more than Kimberly, I love you, I really love you, I love you, Amanda, it's like, all right. So he drops the L-bomb, but, but the reason why I'm bringing that up is because now we go to the hospital, and Michael is with Matt. The one time we see Matt. We don't see any of Jane, and I thought we were going to see no Matt, but this is our one dollop. We have our Matt cameo. Um, and he's like, Michael is telling Matt, like, that he loves Amanda, and, like, Matt defends Kimberly. Yeah. It's... it's because, it's, well, because he's, like, he's like, level-headed. He's not defending Kimberly as much as he would defend anyone who's currently in the role of Michael's wife. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um... So, anyway, Michael... 
then Michael like drops that he's been waiting for his payoff, and now the bitch is gonna get what she deserves. I guess he means Kimberly, and the payoff is the like he like thing. he was saying about Jane a year and a half ago when they were getting a divorce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I mean, when he turns, he turns. Yeah, he really does. So like, I was wondering if he was playing both sides. You know what I mean? He was playing both sides with Amanda? Kimberly and Amanda, and being like um, trying to have Amanda be the other one. But it sounds like he's really I just trying to get rid of Kimberly. Kimberly. He's, like he's done. I think he's just. Irrationally, spontaneously decided, like, it's it's a go with Amanda. So he's kind of going through the motions with Kimberly as he tries to, like... Figure out how to, figure like, out disentangle how to... all... I think that's what Okay, all right. Because, like, yeah. for a while, I was kind of like, what's going on here? There were, like, the past several episodes... Right. ...where he seems to still be, like you know, promising, oh, Kimberly... Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if, if he... Ca- Kimberly caught him with another woman, right? Right. If he really wanted to get out of the marriage, wouldn't he say, you're absolutely right, I think I need yeah, to... Like, this, you know, is, this isn't working this is, for me. I'm out of love with you. I'm in love with someone else. You and kidnapped somebody's baby. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, you know? we hadn't talked about kids, and then you kidnapped a child, and, and it upset a, me. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm a dad, and I don't want to be... Like, you know, yeah. you have those conversations, but he was yeah, just like... you tried to kill me with a car, and it hurt, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. And he's, so, he, and, but he's just like, no, I love you, and she's just a crazy patient. Like, he's, he's talking to Kimberly the way you would talk to a wife if you were already having an affair and didn't want her to find out. And as opposed didn't to, want like, to break up the marriage. Right, as opposed to, like, I'm in love with this new person and I just want to be with her. Right. Like, he seems to genuinely have affection for Amanda, but doesn't want to have a clean break with Kimberly. Yeah, it's, it was all very weird. But it goes back to the whole thing, like, this should be, like, a hot-blooded, like, union affair hookup something with Michael and Amanda. It really should, and it's, given the two characters. And and, and it's, like, too wishy-washy. It's the totally way anemic. Yeah, it's really yeah. anemic. Yeah, it is the most... Yeah, hot-blooded anemic. Well yeah. done. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Writer, I'm pointing you kids. <laughs> this is fun in the same room. It is fun. <laughs> Okay, so um, then we're going to go back to the beach house. Uh, Michael comes home to find Amanda on the floor. But I guess she couldn't handle her treatments. She passed out. She, she passed out. Floor. She's unconscious or something. Or she can't. She couldn't she get herself up yeah. or something. Yeah. So she was getting water, and she. So he's. Um, so he's. He he picks her up, and I'm going to carry you to the hospital. He seems all caring and that caring, loving doctor, yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it very much reminded me of, and I hope someone listening to this will know what I'm talking about. Towards the end of the Tom Cruise Nicole Kidman movie, Far and Away, she gets very sick, and he is like running and carrying her to seek medical care as she's like tuberculosis thing or whatever out in his arms. Oh, reminded me of that. I never saw that. Movie. No one did. That okay. was a problem. <laughs> But the Enya song from Far and Away, Book of Days, it's really good. I shall look that up then. Do you like Enya? Or are you mocking I do. Okay. I do like Enya. Shh. You guys tell anybody, you're all dead. You know what? Enya is very Melrose era appropriate. <laughs> there you go. I'm shrugging. You can't see. I um, see it. But but so that's not quite where the episode ended with no. Amanda being carried away to Michael's by arms. Michael. Because Kimberly has already come back. From Minnesota. And with, she's all smiles. She's got real estate magazines, she all smiles, smiles, all, all um, ignorant. Um, and she comes and sees Amanda, or I should say, she doesn't know it's Amanda yet. She just knows a woman has been staying at the house because Amanda has actually unpacked all of her shit into an empty dresser in the bedroom like you would in a hotel. 
bras at all. I didn't even unpack. All my shit's in my suitcase. She's pointing at her suitcase in this hotel room. Anyway. Listener. Um, yeah, and then, so she knows now, okay, Michael has brought a woman into the house, and she's really still too dumb right now to realize who that woman is, but there is a bottle of pills on the, I guess, on top of the dresser. And, and she goes over to her, and of course, it's Amanda's name and her prescription. And now we have the pan to the close-up of... Angry Kimberly. Angry, crazy Kimberly face, and that's how they end the episode. I just feel like, as we're going to see, a lot of this is to drive Kimberly closer and closer to the edge. Kimberly needs about one second to get to the edge. And I just feel like this storyline of Michael and Amanda, uh, will they, won't they hook up, for it's going the wrong way because ultimately it's about pissing off Kimberly and setting her off, and it should be about Michael and Amanda having a hot affair. That's what I think. Yeah, and instead it's just, they're just using it as like this vehicle to Jerk give Kimberly her, around. give Kimberly a reason to go completely yeah. like off the deep end. And, and it's, and, and it could have been that, like obviously, but they've like, they, they've missed like this great opportunity right. to like, because you have these two really combustible people. Right. They should have had, Amanda should go into remission or have a miracle cure or whatever they're doing. And if they haven't already, then they should begin a hot affair for, like, four episodes of lies and sneaking around and escalating intensity. Someone, probably Allison, should find out. (laughs) Allison's always the whistleblower, yes. And then, at some point, probably after, like, Michael or Amanda has actually been the one to call it off, is when, but before Kimberly, before they're, like, done, done, Kimberly finds out somehow. And then she goes apeshit. But we should at least have, like, the joy of the affair. We should have the vicarious, hot-blooded affair. Right. Well, here's the question, though. Who would tell Kimberly? I think it should, like... Nobody would tell... I think it should be accidental. Right. I think it should be, like, someone see... She sees someone leaving, or someone... One of them accidentally lets something slip. Kind of like how Sydney always sees... Into James... Yeah. apartment and sees Jake going in and out or whatever like yeah like that moment because yeah I think that you know I mean honestly it should be Matt who somehow right because it, he yeah. he and Kimberly have had this because they're at least, they at least have a reason to be in the same right. like proximity but like you know so Kimberly has like no friends left no, she has no ties to anyone no she has nothing she really she that's really the thing nothing. well and that'll change I guess a little when Peter comes back which is not really a spoiler because it's 25 years ago and we've sat it here. But, um, Mander, I mean, Kimberly doesn't really have ties to anyone, not even friends. Like, she lifts out. She's the most entertaining storyline in the show, but it doesn't really it tie into any other storylines. Yeah. And the thing that's great about Melrose is how all those storylines intersect. Right. Well, the bombing will change that. We're like eight episodes away. She doesn't great. go. She doesn't go away after the bombing, right? We we have to no. Really, she's no, on. We yeah, do. She's okay. All right. I couldn't remember if she went away or not. If she, but she did stay. Cool. So then the 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 other story that was kind of running concurrent was a little less like it was a bit of a bummer for me. Which it sucks is because a they were like my favorite. Like they were my my. I shipped that couple, and it was kind of a shitty storyline. Well. I honestly think it's about to get way shittier. Uh, when so, is Joe off the show? 
um, end of season four. So we've got, oh like, my God. got like, like 100 more episodes. It's like go. the writers hate her. It is like that. Every time she got a script, I was like, this now? <laughs> Yeah. It's like the writers hate her. She gets the crappiest fucking storyline ever. And they ever. keep dumbing her down, like, more and more. Worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, she was the toughest. She was the most independent. She was, like, the savviest. She was the best dresser. Yeah. And yeah, she's, it, yeah, oh, her, her quote-unquote fashion, yeah, is so bad. But, so, the storyline starts with some sad news for Jake, who gets a phone call at Shooter's. Uh, from his best friend, Sam, yeah. that he grew up with. Now, did Who's... they talk about Sam no. in, like, season one or anything? I don't think so. They just allude to this guy who has been, like, a family friend from Washington State and is now a lawyer. Yes. And is a lawyer for the family. Um, so, I don't know if you remember, but there was one episode early on in season one where Jake had a visit from his estranged mother. And she was a drunk. Yeah. And, and the reason he, like, ran away from home when he was pretty young and all that. Was because she was a drunk. And she came to L.A. and proceeded to continue to be a drunk. And I guess they left things not so great, right? They left things on decent terms, but it doesn't seem like they had a relationship after she left. Right, right. Like, I think it was better, but that they were not going to be in each other's lives, but they were, like, good with each other. The choices that had been made. Well, she makes a bad choice because she dies. And so Sam is calling Jake... at the bar to let him know that his mother has died. And uh, while this is going on, we don't hear the other part of the conversation. Jake is, of course, very stoic. Jake is not saying much. And he's just very, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, thank you. We know it's serious. Okay, but we know it's serious. But he's not giving much away. Right, but behind him at the bar, good old Sid happens to catch the whole thing, and she knows that something bad is up. And she starts prying into his business. And he's he's like, like, shut up. Enough. Yeah, and he's basically like, shut up. Yeah. And then we see him. So Joe is coming back from the laundry room, like late at night. It's dark. Like I wouldn't be doing what she was doing, probably because it looks unsafe. But yeah. on her way back to her apartment, she sees Jake sitting at like the little pool, the table by the by pool the in front of the uh, apartments, and she knows that something's up. And he's like, "Yeah, okay." And he tells her that his mom died. Then he brings up his half brother. Did we know no. about this? This, this is, is news to us. Okay. He has a half brother who not only that, but is older than him. Yeah, which I thought was weird. Which would not have been the, the order of things based on the information we had. Right. It would have been more made more sense that this was from one of the mom's next husbands as Jake was growing up and maybe someone he didn't get along with. Right. That's not the story we get. No. Later. We've got an older brother here. So Joe, of course, because she's got nothing to do, offers to go to Washington yeah. with Jake to be his support. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have a photo shoot coming up. No, nope, she's good. So as she's talking to Jake about their planned trip to Washington State, who shows up again? Sid. And she sees them hug. And then I guess, does Joe go away? Yeah, Joe goes away, and Sid comes up, and Sid sort of approaches Jake, and that's when he tells her, my mom died, I'm going to Washington, Um, and... And she's going to, you know, Joe's going to go with me and as moral support. And Sid's like, I'll go with you, too. You're going to need me, too. I'll go, too. Yeah, she's like, you need all the support you can get. Yeah. And he's like, no, I need you to watch the bar for me. Which I'm like, why? Why? Well, Ricky might come back and destroy everything you Why? You don't, like, why would you, like, you had all of these issues with Sid and the cult and all. And I Also, as far as we know, no one else works there. 
I don't know. There's some. I mean, there are. There are. Just like realistically, there have to be, but we don't know them. I know. I know. So anyway, so Sid, for all we know, might be the next most reliable person. Jesus Christ! Exactly. That's also, scary. also how I have felt with some of my jobs. Yeah. As colleagues, again, <laughs> if you are listening, I'm, you. <laughs> He's definitely talking about you. Um, so, so okay, so, so you know, the, 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 the inmates are running the asylum at Shooters. Right, so Sid pouts, she's, I forget what she says, that's, like, kind of nasty about Jake and Joe, and how, like, Joe always gets to go, and he's like, not now, Sid, forget it. And it's, it's too much, because Sid has now been pining and pouting for Jake longer than they were actually together, and again, was not explosive enough when they were together to, like, warrant any of this. I still think it's weird that they paired them together for such a short storyline given that they were together in real life at the time. Um, I just also think that... The maturity levels don't match. Well, that, and I think that I, I, the, the her pining over him doesn't bother me so much because she also did the same thing with Michael. So there's like this obsessive Yeah, there is an obsessive thing to her. Where yeah. you go, oh, she's so unhinged. But I feel like there's better story potential for Sid than just sitting like in the background and not... Oh, not, I, not moving the chair. Right. No, I completely agree. Like, I think that it's similar to the affair between Amanda and Michael. Like, you know... It's missed potential. There, there's yeah. potential with Sid that is completely unrealized. Yeah. You know, it's like they don't... And I don't know if... It's, it's not even... Like, Sid can be so much fun. It's not even fun to just watch Sid be like, I want to go with you. It's not fair Joe gets to go with you. Like, that's... Right. Like, Allison could say that. Right. Right, and it's just Sid saying. Yeah, I just think that sometimes, like, I wonder if the like the writers wanted to write Sid as like I think they didn't know what to do with her. So sometimes we have like yeah. the Daffy Sid. Right. It's just so much fun to watch, you know, that, and can't get out of her own way. And then we have Crazy Sid who pines after men like right. Michael and Jake, and that's when you start to go, oh, she's going down the Kimberly Road here, right. you know. And then, you know, so you have... I don't think that the writers knew what to do with her or even how to take those yeah. different parts of her personality and make them work as one. Yeah, I think, like, I think there was a conscious choice to lighten her up and make her be less obsessive and to make her be more of a victim that the audience could automatically side with. Right. Um, and then I think they, they don't know how to make... They don't know what to do with her all the time because they don't want to get rid of the mischievous side. Right. Because that's part of what makes her great and unique. And fun to watch. But, yeah. like, but like when she went to that dangerous bar to make Jake leave Jane and pick her up that last time, it was like, I'm like, that's neither here nor... Like, I'm not getting anything from this right. plot. Right, And right. so, and that's, I think that's all we see of Sid in this episode. Basically. Because then we're in Washington State. Yeah, so then we go up to dreary Washington State where it's always raining. Yeah, but we know we're in Washington because they make sure we see rain and overcast. Yeah, that's all rainy and overcast. And, um, and that's when we meet, uh, Jess. Jess, the brother. Of course the half-brother's name is, four letters, begins with J, yeah. Yeah, and he's also a mechanic. Yep. Um. And he's Dan Cortese from... MTV Ooh. and was on Seinfeld. Who is he? I couldn't figure out who he was. So he was a big deal, like VJ host in the nineties, and then and... he's also the Mimbo on Seinfeld, the male Bimbo in an episode. And he was was he also then on Veronica's Closet? Yes, he was. Because yeah, because Anthony looked it up and he kept going. He was on Veronica's Closet. I'm like, that means nothing to me. I think I watched three episodes of that. 
So Anthony knew him from Veronica's closet, but not from Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fairness, he was on multiple episodes of Veronica's closet. But yeah, he was, you know, he was sort of like, I, every time he came on, I was like. Oh. And he's, and he, he was like, always like, like publicized, like big stuff, like gym rat guy, but he looks like super grunge. Like yeah, the yeah. long hair, the flannel, the goatee. He's like, he couldn't look more 1995 if he had the numbers 1995 all over him. And when he showed, every time he came on to on screen, I was always like, there is Mr. Soundgarden. Oh, like, totally, yeah. You know, he like had that Seattle grunge look down really, really well with the flannel, the hair, the everything. Oh, he hosted MTV Sports. That was one of the big things he did in MTV. Uh, okay, did he have the hair? Yeah, I think he had it all to, like, the beginning of his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, he was definitely, um, like, some eye candy rivaling... Like, like they should have brought Sid. She would have had a new obsession. Yeah. Yeah, they sh- actually should have done yeah, that. Yeah, um, So, there's no love lost between Jess and, and Jake. Jess is kind of a dick. Yeah, honestly, the storyline is just like, oh, my God. Yeah, so Jess has a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah, so Jess was like... He doesn't go to the the mom's funeral. Nope. And um, also, we should say Sam Bennett. I think that's his name, right? The is lawyer Nora, is Noah, Noah Emmerich. Um, before is, he lost all the weight. And he is like it is. It was like he was reading his lines off of cue cards. I was surprised at how bad he was. Yeah, I was. I don't know if I was surprised. Um, he's come a long way, I guess is what I'll say. The thing is, his older brother ran New Line Cinema, so like that's he true. had an open door. Yeah, I I get that, but he he also. Did, did you see you saw Beautiful Girls the movie oh yeah yeah I, I love, love that, that movie Jinx buy me a beer now, now we're even now we get two beers going guys okay um yeah we should talk about Beautiful Girls at some point just yes. because why not because I love that movie it's such a great movie yeah. okay cool uh, but yeah so Noah Emmerich is the lawyer who's in a few scenes and he like he tries to like assuage Jake and doesn't really work he feels guilty about his mom and and he and Joe are drinking in their motel room and he's angry and and then he throws one of the little bottles of alcohol at the wall. And I'm going, who's cleaning that up? I know. Who's cleaning that up? That's all I kept thinking. Yeah. And then and then he initiates some rage sex with Joe. And I guess who, it was good. And it apparently it was really good. And they were really good. Like Joe was really happy. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a different like morning after conversation, Billy and Allison, which was like, No, don't be sorry, that was really good. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and they have one more encounter with Jess, who's basically like, I took care of you and we took you in and, and you just left us and I hate you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it seems like there's like this weird thing going on where he's like pissed that like This Jake weird manufactured yeah. thing that doesn't add up, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, is Jess, are we done with Jess now? Is he, is he gone for the rest of the... Oh, God, Karen, no. No! So, I'll spoil it. Jess is in... Melrose the rest of the season. He comes to L.A. starting next episode and is there through the rest of the season and he is a bad, bad, bad dude. And it's, wow, kind of a horrible storyline. He didn't seem like a bad dude so much as he just seemed like a sad sack. Right. That's how it looks right now. You're like, oh, it's too bad. Like, Jake has this estranged family and this is the one who was left behind and he resents... Jake because Jake has better hair. Um, no, he comes to town and and really like fucks a lot of shit up. That's so funny because I 
I, I, you know, it does seem, given who this guy is, because he was clearly a get, quote-unquote. Right. Yeah, he was like a, a, guest, a true guest star. Yeah, yeah. As a, so it seemed kind of like a waste to use him in these few episodes up in Washington State and then yeah. and then kick him to the curb, you know. No, he shows up. He was doing, he had the right look, he had the right, you know. And they do exactly the same thing when Antonio Sabato Jr. comes to town next season. And that's wow. all I'll say about that. Oh, wow. For now. For now. Wow. So, so yeah, we had um, hookups between Billy and Allison and Jake and Joe. So, reunited, and it feels so mm, blah. Blah. <laughs> Felt good to Joe, I guess. And probably for Jake. But they're not, but again, but it they're, does, not, they are not they're not together. And not Allison together. and Billy, I guess, not together. They are not together. And, um, you know... There's someone who's going to get in the way of Billy and Allison's, I think, starting next week. That would be the intern. That's the intern. The 40-year-old intern. That'd be the 40-year-old intern. Yeah, so who, there we go. Out of the corner. You, you know what would have been the best? If Billy and Allison hook up and Allison is like, it's my desk now, and they show Brooke in the corner of that room while they're going <laughs> at it, still boxing up and just trinkets and papers. <laughs> that would have been awesome. We should be in Melrose Writers. If we would. Yeah. You know what? That's why the, the the new the new thing didn't take off. The new because there was no broker because we weren't on we, the staff. The new because we weren't staff. Yeah, that was a pretty bad reboot as they go. Yeah. Wait, what was? Did we talk? What, wasn't there something else that's getting rebooted recently that I heard about? And I now I can't think of what it was. I don't think we talked about it, but I feel like there always is. So yeah, so let's. But I'm just I feel look like, up reboot. I feel like it was something. It recent, wasn't the Twilight was, Zone, though. That and you're thinking no, about. it wasn't okay. that. It was just which I, I have no interest in. So viewers, if any of you have watched the CBS All Access Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, let us know if it's worth it. I feel like I know those episodes and stories, and I don't need to pay for more TV. Yeah, no kidding. Because Game of Thrones is starting, so I got to pay for my HBO. Yeah, as of tonight, as, as we record of, this. As we record, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to ask us or have Game of Thrones-related conversations on our sibling podcast, The Hollywood Boulevard, I think we'd be happy to keep that a running thing. You just have to make sure you've caught up to it. Yeah, I just need to catch up, yeah, yeah. But we're happy to we're have happy those to conversations, too. I have no problem keep, keeping up with Game of Thrones, because I enjoy it. Um, so, also, just, uh, yeah, so... You look that up. We can talk about that at Hollywood Boulevard since we're talking reboots. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't see any new ones. Uh, maybe it was just, maybe I had a dream. Maybe it was my imagination. Probably. Running away with you. Running away with me. Um, so follow us over to the Boulevard. We'll be talking, I don't even know what we're talking about, but we'll be talking shit. Well, I know that I'll be talking about some TV and some theater. Cool. So we'll be talking some shit over there. So head on over there. And until next week. Until next week, go to iTunes. And give us five stars, and then we look forward to seeing you back on the block. <laughs>